Lawson. Hey, it's wintertime, and you know what we talk about? The white stuff, Wes Lawson. You mean snow. <laughs> yeah. it's you know, And we got some. Well, we didn't in Charlotte right here at WBT, but it happened. It got down to, like, what, four degrees? Oh, yeah. Or it less. Was, it, we yeah, had some snow. Yeah. Well, uh, heads up, uh, Al Conklin, uh, head meteorologist over at WBTV, is probably not listening. <laughs> or he's not going to like this part because we had lightning and thunder just uh, earlier this week. And everybody knows that that means it's going to snow within 10 days of that happening. TJ, is he's nodding his head yes. So that makes it very appropriate for us to have the National Ski Patrol come on the program. Welcome, everyone, to the Carolina Outdoors. Whether you're listening to us via the airwaves of WBT early on a Saturday morning, maybe you're joining us via podcast highlights of the Carolina Outdoors. Either way, welcome aboard. We come in to talk about outdoor opportunities and outdoor things and the people that are making them happen around the Carolinas and beyond. And today is no different. We're going to bring on Richard Yurchek with the National Ski Patrol. He's headquartered at Beach Mountain, so we might get to find out what's happening at Beach as well. But we're also going to find out about this organization that started in 1938 and then played a hand in not only fighting Nazis, but also creating some of the United States' largest ski resorts. Richard, that's a tall task for you to undertake, but we know that you can do it. Welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Thank you, sir. It's, uh, it's good to be back, and it's, uh, it's good to be uh, playing in the wintertime uh, outdoor activities. Well, you're fantastic at that. I mean, you're a skier, you're a hunter, you're a hiker, you do a bunch of different things. We're making you focus a little bit on the ski part. And before we get into what's happening here in the Carolinas and what's happening with you, will you tell us a little bit about the person named Minnie Dole and what he started in 1938? So in 1938, Minnie Dole, after skiing with a bunch of friends uh, and family, uh, was was in an accident, uh, and uh, they they had to figure out how to get off of the slopes and to help. And back in 1938, there wasn't anything like the National Ski Patrol, uh, so Minnie Dole saw a need and uh, decided he would work on fulfilling that. And uh, up in uh, the state of New York, they created the National Ski Patrol system, and back then, it was pretty basic first aid and pretty rudimentary uh, craft to get people off of the uh, off of the ski slopes. But uh, that was the uh, that was the beginning of, and he is the father of the National Ski Patrol worldwide. Well, and the way you introduce that, I know training is different, and um, there's a lot of different things that the National Ski Patrol. Uh, volunteers do, but one thing is that they cover the United States and then some. I think there are over 10,000 members of the National Ski Patrol, of which you are one member, and you headquarters yourself at Beach Mountain. What are some of your top tasks as a as a NSP person there at Beach? So, yes, yeah, so I, uh, I am a member of the National Ski Patrol system, and uh, I ski for the Beach Mountain Ski Patrol. Uh, one of the, the primary tasks for the ski patrol is, uh, is safety. Uh, we get out and make sure that the mountain is safe for all of our guests that are visiting from any number of places uh, to make sure that it is safe for them to get out and do what can be a dangerous sport. 
Well, let me ask you one thing, because you're there at Beach Mountain. Does anybody, and this is a big no-no, we've learned this in previous episodes here on the Carolina Outdoors, and it happens a lot out west. I don't know about at Beach, but skiing out of bounds. When somebody leaves the resort and then something bad happens, how does the ski patrol end up reacting in that in that situation? Well, it, you know, skiing out of bounds is uh, is kind of a rite of passage, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, I know that, that you and your brothers might have done a little skiing out of bounds <laughs> from time to time when you were younger. Uh, and I know for sure that I might have done a little bit of that because it's fun. Uh, but it also means you're adding more risk. And when that happens and you do get injured, uh, the ski patrol usually gets a call into our base uh, at the bottom of the mountain, and then a call goes out over the radio, and we've got to go find that person who is, uh, who's injured. And once we find them, uh, we go through uh, a protocol of making sure uh, of, of how injured they are. Can they get up and just need a little help to ski off, or do we need to bring in a sled to uh, put them on, uh, you know, put them, put them into and ski them down the hill? Well, Wes, this sounds like this is your uh, line of work, your former first mm-hmm. responder, rescue, all of that sort of thing. You've been down this. It just wasn't in a, a ski patrol situation. Yeah, you, and so I guess I, I'm always curious, what um, what's the first aid or first response training like for the average NSP member or for a, a team like at Beach Mountain? Because you know, if you got to get so somebody out of way. bounds, that's pretty rough. <laughs> so the the the, the first aid component, uh, the emergency medical component of this, we utilize a program that is uh, specific to the National Ski Patrol called Outdoor Emergency Care, OEC. Uh, so we are OEC technicians. Um, it falls into the first responder or the EMR level, so just under what an EMT basic would be. Um, and you know, ours is a little different. We don't get an ambulance and all of the gear. We pretty much have what we carry in a backpack and what comes in that sled. And, uh, so, uh, but our, our level of training over the last 40 years has changed significantly from the American Red Cross basic first aid now to, uh, a three month long, two day a week outdoor emergency care course. So you're you're seeing folks with sprains and strains and bumps and bruises and breaks and maybe even some blunt force trauma and things like that. That can get pretty scary, but not everybody who goes skiing has that happen. I think a lot of people no, think, oh my gosh, we're all going to get hurt, but really it's not that many people. Uh, no, I think I think, and don't hold me to this, but uh, but I think the national average is about three and a half in incidences per one thousand skiers. So, you know, at the end of the day, most people, uh, if they fall down and they get a bruise or they get a tweak or whatever, they just get up and ski off. Uh, occasionally, you know, we'll get called in um, and, uh, you know, and, and have to do some sort of intervention and help people. Uh, but the majority of the folks that, that come have a really, really good time and uh, they don't get injured. But in the event that they do, we have, uh, we have 115 patrollers at uh, Beach Mountain. Some of those are paid and some of those are volunteer. And uh, we, you know, we staff from, uh, you know, all week long and into the evenings. 
And then the weekends, the volunteers come and take over, and uh, we, we try to make it a good experience for everybody. Well, oh, one, of, one of those is Richard Yurchak, and he's our guest here on the Carolina Outdoors. Well, Bill, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, that level of preparation and uh, get-it-done attitude uh, makes a lot of sense why in 1943 the Department of War had the National Ski Patrol co-train what would become the 10th Mountain Division to fight against one of the three Nazi mountain divisions. That's before your time, though, wasn't it, Richard? Well, it is, but it is a uh, it is a story that every ski patroller, when you decide to become a ski patroller, you have to learn because we have it in our uh, in our basic patrol skier one uh, patroller one hundred and one. Uh, you have to learn the history, and part of that was how the Tenth Mountain Division was formed uh, back in uh, in forty two forty three. Uh, the 10th Mountain Division were the uh, the Winter Soldiers, and uh, many Dole had gone to the, uh, you know, gone to the the Defense Department and said, "Y'all are trying to create all of these soldiers and make them expert skiers and, and mountain climbers, and I already have expert skiers and mountain climbers. You should just turn them into soldiers." And once that was done and the, and the, the request for volunteers went out, that, uh, that was the foundation for the 10th Mountain Division. And uh, one of the big uh, first big actions for the 10th was in Italy uh, in a place called Riva Ridge, where in the middle of the night uh, they scaled a sheer cliff face and came up behind the Germans because the Germans didn't think they could, uh, anybody could come up behind them. And the Germans had their big guns up there and had stopped the advance of, of you know, our troops through Italy. And the 10th on uh, at daylight came in and decimated a whole big German battalion. Wow. We're talking a little bit about the history of the National Ski Patrol. Richard, your check on the Carolina Outdoors. Richard, these days you're doing all of this, uh, the, the things that you have mentioned um, that you do. One of which, and you're doing it right now, is education. Can you talk to us a little bit about what we can do before we show up at the resort um, to prevent needing the National Ski Patrol? Um, what can we do as far as preparation and planning so that we'll never have to see you, at least except for skiing down the mountain? Yeah, except if you come find me, I've usually got a pocket full of stickers if, you're, if you've got kids with you. So we, we give out some cool stickers for doing the good stuff. Well, it, you know, I think that's, that's any time we're going to go outdoors and do anything where there might be a level of risk, uh, preparation and, and thoughtfulness ahead of time is, is always the best way to go. Uh, skiing, no different. Um, you know, we want you to be prepared. First, be prepared with uh, clothing and equipment. Uh, you know, if it's going to be a misty, rainy day, realize that your Scotch-guarded blue jeans and, and your cotton coat are probably not going to keep you dry and warm. Um, you know, gloves become very important. Even when you don't think it's that cold, the length of time you stay outside and, and your skin's exposed to that weather, you will get frost nip. And what we try to avoid is frost nip going to frost bite. And moving on up, you know, we, uh, we, we want to see everybody with a helmet. If you don't want to buy your own, uh, you know, we have them for rent at, uh, at all three of the mountains locally, at App and Sugar and Beach. 
you can rent most of this equipment. You can rent a pair of bibs to keep you dry. But that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is really kind of just jump into read the skier's responsibility code. Mm. That's the contract that you sign when you buy a ticket. And, you know, there is some liability uh, that, that is placed on you if you get up there and get out of control and hurt somebody else. And then lastly, when you get there, just like driving a car for the first time, you've got the ability to go down that mountain at 30 miles an hour. Uh, we'd kind of like you to go take a lesson so you could learn how to stop and turn. <laughs> so clothes, helmets, and uh, lessons are, are kind of a good first step. All, all good things to know. I, I was thinking about, you know, when I learned how to stop and turn, and one came a lot easier than the other one. Well, <laughs> what, yeah. One became the other. <laughs> I, I understand from the Barty brothers that, that their stopping and turning meant falling and sliding and then getting up and doing it again. Well, you know, that's one of the things I think a lot of people don't really understand. If you, if you learn to ski in the southeast, you learn to ski on ice with a little <laughs> bit of snow. So people who learn to ski in powder – don't know how good they got it because they've never you've never experienced life until you've gotten a rug burn through your tough skin blue jeans when you've gone skiing. <laughs> hey, those tough skin blue jeans were never quite as tough as Sears said they were. No, no. Not, not on the ski slopes. And those Bar T boys were also to uh, up the ante with the ski patrol, uh, fighting on their way down the mountain as well. Came to stop in one big ball. <laughs> sword, sword fighting with your poles was never a good idea. No, it wasn't. Uh, uh, while we have you, we want to get a little bit of a ski report, too. Of course, you're in Monroe, North Carolina, through the week, uh, making your way to Beach. You're in the financial services business. Uh, Manchester Avenue Securities is what you do. But um, when you're at the mountains, which is quite frequently with the National Ski Patrol at Beach Mountain, um, can you give us a little update on the skiing? I know that really cold blast came in at the end of December, uh, Christmas. Uh, we got through that. How has it been since then? And are we looking towards a good 2023 ski season? Uh, I think we're looking towards a fabulous ski season. I mean, right now it's 34 degrees at Beach Mountain, 12 trails open with a base of 26 to 54 inches, and we have four lifts going. Uh, they are making snow right now. Um, now, how that was kind of the commercial, but oh, that's a perfect the, uh, commercial. <laughs> but the you know the the resort itself has over the last uh, six seven years uh, more than doubled its snowmaking capability. And we've added three new lifts. So our, our, the, the third lift just went online, and that's the, the number one lift that goes three-quarters up the mountain and stays in a blue-green blue uh, area uh, for, for everybody. So it makes a nice mile-long run uh, for folks that, that don't want to go all the way to the top and, and come down the, you know, the harder intermediate or the expert trails. Um, and then uh, with, you know, with the ability to, to move uh, thousands of people at one time with, you know, with those new lifts, uh, it allows us to have a, a, a much bigger capacity so that uh, people can have a, have a really good time and it really limits our uh, lift lines. And if we're at Beach Mountain, we can look for Richard Yercheck. You're the guy who's going to be giving out the stickers to a... I'm the guy handing out stickers. You got it. So, Richard... Thank you, as always, for jumping on the Carolina Outdoors, sharing your knowledge, and helping keep us safe. It sounds like we need to stop by Jesse Brown's Outdoors or jessebrowns.com 
to prepare for a ski visit uh, so that we are comfortable and cozy before we hit the mountain. And then, of course, remember to take your helmet. And if you don't have a helmet, remember to rent one. They are available. Thank you so much for your time and uh, knowledge and join and your, oh, don't let me leave this out, your personality here on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> well, thank you all for inviting me. And, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, getting up and doing more with uh, Jesse Brown outdoor gear on. Heck yeah. Off he goes. That's Richard Yurchek. And off we go. Wes Lawson and Bill Barty. We're the outdoor guys from Jesse Brown's back after this.